everybody. He's Wyatt Earp. She's Josephine. I'm Doc Holiday. No, wait, that ain't it. He's Johnny Ringo. She's Maddie. I'm Virgil Earp. No, that ain't it either. This ain't Tombstone, one of the greatest movies of all time. But this is Vikings Report with Drew and Ted, one of the greatest Viking shows of all time. Drewster, how are you? Ted, I'm like a hungry hound dog in a butcher shop. The story of Wyatt Earp. You tell him I'm coming, and hell's coming with me. <laughs> I'm doing great tonight. How are you doing? We got a little tombstone. We got a lot of football to cover tonight. Yeah, we do. But uh, I'm your Huckleberry. What a star-studded movie that was. Best Western all time? That is a hell of a thing for you to say to me. I don't know. It's a very good question. I mean, there's great Westerns. You got the spaghetti Western of the 60s and 70s with Clint Eastwood. And my buddy Lee Van Cleef. Yeah. You've got, you know, the classic John Wayne Westerns, True Grit and all that. Although the True Grit remake with Jeff Bridges was pretty good. It's right up there. I I mean, I'd have to really sit and write down a bunch of different Westerns and come up with a list. But if it's not number one, it's like two or three. I would say it's number one in mine. He's in my top 20 all time. Evidently, Mr. Ringo's an educated man. I will say, I think that is Val Kilmer's best role. That Doc Holiday role is an all-time classic movie character. You know, Ed, if I thought you weren't my friend, I just don't think I could bear it. I got two guns, one for each. (laughs) You're probably seeing double. I have two guns, one for each of you. No, he did a fantastic job in that movie. He really played the part well. And one more quick shout out for Tombstone to our two buddies, Billy Paxton. The late great. And then the great Michael Bean, who played Johnny Ringo. Charlton Heston was in that movie. Yeah, I didn't see that till I rewatched it. <laughs> completely forgot he was in it at the end. What was the best part of Tombstone? Why, Johnny Ringo. You look like somebody just walked over your grave. It's got to be Doc Holliday interacting with Johnny Ringo. He has those great lines. I'll be a Huckleberry. What about this with the cup? Why, Johnny Ringo, you look like somebody just walked all over your grave. (laughs) Oh, Johnny, I forgot you were there. You may go now. (laughs) I always wanted to live in the West, but then you Mm -hmm. see scenes like guy gets shot in the back. He's on a pool table. They're sticking this eight inch rusty pair of pliers that they found under the bar stool. Got cobwebs all over it. They're jamming it in his back to try to pull the bullet out. Imagine what that would be like, dude. It didn't hurt. <laughs> oh, Elliot. He was in it. Sam Elliot. Yeah. Only reason my wife watched that movie, Sam Elliot. Hold on, nothing. I walk around this town and look these people in the eye. It's just like someone slapping me in the face. Yeah. He bumped up a lot of ratings for the women. I know my sisters <laughs> were watching. Dana Delaney. I mean, just it's just an like all-star cast. 30 years ago. That movie's 30 years old. 30 years old this year, Ted. 
Yeah. Ruby, how are you doing tonight? I've not yet begun to defile myself. Hey, I'm doing good. So I guess yeah. that movie's uh, just as old as me, 30. That's awesome. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm going to have to disagree with you guys. That was a great movie, but Young Guns is just my favorite. Oh, that's another good one. That's a good movie. I'd pick Tombstone, but that's just me. Forgive me if I don't shake hands. Go ahead. Skin it. Skin that smoke wagon and see what happens. <laughs> All right. We got combine wrap-up stuff. Quarterbacks are starting to get paid. The Vikings have made their first roster moves. We've got our positional analysis continues this week with the uh, offensive tackle position. Before we do that, we're going to tell you about Purple Pain Forums and our own humble little website, vikingsreport.com. Ruby, if you want to roll that tape for us, please. Before we get going, we want to tell you about a website that we are affiliated with. It's called Purple Pain Forms, purplepainforms.com. It's a great message board full of smart, intelligent, funny Vikings fans, specifically Vikings focused, but there's plenty of off topic subjects to talk about the college football, the NFL draft, even stuff that has nothing to do with sports. If you're into that, we are the official podcast and, and YouTube program for Purple Pain Forms. They are our official website slash message board funky town and dan chat do a great job of moderating that board and keeping the topics lively and moving and everything else great place to go talk vikings football check it out when you get a chance the other place i want to talk to you about is our little humble corner of the internet vikingsreport.com on vikingsreport.com you get all our social media contacts for both twitter and facebook none of us are on instagram None of us are on TikTok because that's a commie spy program. Over on VikingsReport.com, you can check out our prize vault. We've also got merchandise from Zazzle.com. You can get a mug. You can get a travel mug. You can get a beer stein. So go over there when you get a chance to check those two websites out. All right. There we go. Purple Pain Forums. VR.com. Go check it out. Before we get going, Drew. Yeah. What time is it? Ted, you old scudder. I'm cooler than you are. So why don't you fix your little Johnny Ringo problem and light this candle? He's right. That's a peach. Light this candle. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry. Yes. Resume the countdown. All right, I'm cooler than you are. Why don't you fix your little problems and light this candle? He's right. Let's light this candle. He surely is. Light the candle. Yes. Resume the countdown. I wasn't expecting that at all. (laughs) Must be a peach of a hand. Oh, look, the NFL Combine wrapped up. You know, I can't get into the Combine. I just can't. I know it's important. I know the drills they run are important. I know all that stuff is important, but it's just painful watching for me. Yeah. So I just kind of read about it afterwards. I'm busy. We're all busy. To me, Drew, it seemed like the real big winner, maybe two big winners out of the NFL Combine this year would have been Florida quarterback Anthony Richardson and maybe one or two other guys, like maybe Jackson Smith and Jigba out of Ohio State, or or I'd heard a lot of good things about him. But who did you come away with as the big winner for the Combine this year? Isn't that a daisy? Stroud did good. Richardson. I think Bennett had some good plays. All my top three running backs all did really well, but the running back you got to keep an eye on is Chase Brown. Okay. Wide receivers, Zay Flowers, 
almost flawless. Josh Downs, tight ends, Darnell Washington, Luke Musgrave. That's about it. What are you going to say for the combine? I've seen guys that shredded the combine that completely fell apart. And I've seen guys who sucked at the combine become 10-year vets. One thing I don't get, and I guess this is probably directed more towards Anthony Richardson than anybody else. I'm your huckleberry. That's just my game. Anthony Richardson, let's face it, he hasn't played a whole lot at Florida. No. And when he did play, they were fairly pedestrian numbers. He never completed 60% of his pass. And to me, that's that's kind of an alarm bell for me personally. But he performed very well at the Combine. He threw very well. And again, I don't get why people put stock in dudes essentially playing catch in t-shirts and shorts. I don't get it. It's tough to look bad in t-shirts and shorts. Anthony Richardson, he's a guy that went from maybe a late first, second, maybe even later second round. And now everybody's saying he's going to go in the top 10 and he's going to be long gone. People are going nuts. They think he's Warren Moon, this guy. That's the rumor. I'm in my prime. Yeah, you look it. I don't get it. He set a record at the combine for the high jump. So if he's got to jump five feet in the air and make a pass, I guess he's the guy to get. (laughs) That's what I love about Wyatt. He can talk himself into anything. (laughs) So the combine's in the rearview mirror. We got free agency starting up and the new league year starting up next week. It's kind of an exciting time in the NFL. Once that's over, we got the draft and then kind of a dead time before training camp. So a lot of stuff going on in the NFL. Looks like Anthony Richardson was kind of the big winner of the combine. We'll see if that holds out through pro days and leading up to the draft and free agency and how that all shakes itself out. We'll throw a question out for the comments right now, too, and I'll ask you along with it. What if he's there at 23? What do you do? I firmly believe he will not be. Him or Stroud, do you take either one? If him or Stroud are there at 23, I would take one of them, yes. Or Daisy, if you do. And you know why I would take one of them, Drew? Because Stroud's from Ohio State. No, no, it has nothing to do with it. If they're both miraculously there, yeah, I'd pick Stroud over Richardson. I think he's the more developed player. Right. But I'm not confident that either one will be a success in the NFL. I don't think so either. I'm voting kind of no on that right now, but they are both playmakers. I mean, Richardson's a playmaker that we don't have. We got a pocket guy. Mm -hmm. He would eliminate that. Can you get somebody that makes plays out of the pocket? But again, you better ask Justin Jefferson, what does he want for the future? He has to have some say in this. Yeah, I I think so. I think Jefferson loves Kirk Cousins and would like him to stay here for as long as he can. Wide up is my friend. Yeah, I got lots of friends. I don't. I think so. Yeah, I mean, look, because of Kirk Cousins, Justin Jefferson is going to get paid. Oh, Ted, you can't. Oh, you can't speak anything good about Kirk Cousins. <laughs> well, we're going to talk about Kirk here in a little bit because it sort of falls back into quarterbacks in general. The quarterbacks in the NFL are starting to get paid. The one that always seems to be in the news every offseason the last few years is Aaron Rodgers. He's going to be meeting with the New York Jets on a possible trade to New York. I think he ends up in Green Bay when it's all said and done. I think this is just more Aaron Rodgers doing the me, me, me attention thing, and he's going to end up back in Green Bay. I agree with you. That guy's a mook, as my <laughs> uncle would say. He is. He's a mook, and he smells like meat Well, bye. <laughs> the quarterbacks are really starting to get paid. I think it kind of started last year with that $230 million guaranteed deal, that five-year deal that Deshaun Watson got. And that is what Lamar Jackson said he wanted last year. Fast forward to this year, he didn't get that from right. the Ravens. and. Earlier this week, the Ravens slapped the uh, non-exclusive franchise tag on him. You know what that means, Drew? No, make no mistake. It's not revenge he's after. 
It's a reckoning. That means somebody has to use two first-round picks to get him? And the Ravens get right of first refusal. So somebody can offer him a contract. The Ravens can say, yeah, we'll match that, or no, we won't. And if they don't offer it, the other team gets him, they have to cough up two first-round picks. There's like five or six teams that already said they're not even going to try and pursue Lamar Jackson. I can kind of understand it. I mean, some people are extreme collusion among the NFL owners, but what was it Bill Parcell said? Your best ability is your availability, and Lamar Jackson's been hurt the last couple of years. He wants a lot of guaranteed money. I'd be kind of leery of a deal like that for anybody. It would be different if he's coming off that MVP year, but his career's gone downhill since then. Since then, yeah. He hasn't played as well as he had in that MVP year a couple That's got to matter in their decisions. It does. If you look at his stats over the last two years, he hasn't finished either season. Yeah. Is anybody going to offer two first rounds? That's the question. When you look at what a team in the market for a quarterback might have to do in the draft to move up and go get a guy, if they're sitting past, you know, 15 or 20 or 25, and they think they need to get a guy, it would be cheaper in yes. terms of draft picks. Exactly. Give up two ones and get a known quantity in Lamar Jackson. Now, I think it would be a bit of a gamble in terms of his injury history, but if he can stay healthy, he'll be a great player and he's a known, proven, good quarterback in the NFL. Two first-round picks if he plays at the MVP level, two first-round picks is cheap. Any team in the NFL would do that, I yes. would think. The only advantage in going to get a quarterback in the draft is you would have them at a much cheaper price for five years, assuming it'd be a first-round guy. So there's Lamar Jackson and his situation out there. Danny Dimes, Daniel Jones, the New York Giants quarterback, signed a four-year, $160 million deal, averaging out to $40 million a year, a little bit less guaranteed. I think when you look at it, it's not quite like that, but Ed Donatel helped. Danny Dimes get paid. Is this accurate what I'm hearing? Is he drunk? Don't mind him. He's just drunk, that's all. <laughs> I have not yet begun to defile myself. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, Ted! The playoff win against the Vikings and his two 300-yard passing games against the Vikings did it, I'm telling you. Look at the Vikings' performances. Look what happened when he played the Eagles. That's all yeah. you need to know about that guy. I know. I know. I would not have done that deal. I wouldn't have either. But they all have a ripple effect because now we're looking at the Kirk Cousins situation. I mean, he's got a really, really good cap number when you look at all these other deals going on of like 35 or 36 million in 2023, but it's last year of his deal. Yeah. You have to assume because Kirk is a first ballot, a Hall of Famer in being in the right place at the right time to get the best deal for him. Absolutely. Nothing wrong with that. Nothing wrong with that at all. That's every player's dream is to do that. But as the market keeps resetting, Kirk is putting himself once again in prime position to get really paid. And with one year left on his deal, you have to expect he's going to want Daniel Jones money, whatever Lamar Jackson ends up getting, Deshaun Watson money. Kirk can put down the numbers and say, look, I'm better than any of those guys. Sure. And if, if those guys are getting that much, I deserve at least that much, if not more. So you can argue the fact that Kurt's going to be looking for 40 to 45 million a year minimum. Oh my God. When you look at that and then you look at a potential Justin Jefferson extension coming down and then with the wide receiver free agency market getting reset to 30 million a year, or whatever it was with all those guys, the Jaguar signed last year. <laughs> <laughs> I just did some basic 
back of the napkin math earlier today. If you think Kirk's going to get $45 million a year average, you think Justin Jefferson's going to get $35 million a year average, depending on what the cap is, they could be looking at 30 to 35% of the salary cap used on two guys. And that's before Christian Derrissaw comes due for his extension. What about O'Neal? Did we pay him yet? We paid him, yeah. Okay. Yeah, he, he got paid. I don't know what to do. I'll take your word on it. I'll take your thoughts on, you know, $80 million on two guys. Is it one or the other? Because you know which one I'm going to vote for. You're not going to give up Justin Jefferson for anything. People say the salary cap's a myth, and it's not. I mean, you just have to move money around. And could they do that for a couple years to maybe make Kirk and Justin Jefferson fit for one or two years? Maybe. But, man, that's going to be either a healthy Justin Jefferson extension or a healthy Kirk Cousins extension. I don't know that you can do both for like three or four year deals. I, I just don't think you can. JJ's getting 40 mil a year. I don't see it being any lower than that. He's just as important as Daniel Jones. I mean, come on. Yeah. Who would you rather have, Daniel Jones or Justin Jefferson? If you tell me I have to pick either Kirk or Justin Jefferson, I, I think I'd pick Justin Jefferson. I, I don't know. Age is kind of starting to become a factor for Kirk Cousins as well. I think he's going to be either 35 or 36 when the 2023 season starts. You look at a three- or four-year deal that's 38, 39 years old. Look, Kirk's been healthy his whole career. He's been the most durable guy in the NFL in terms of the quarterback position. I don't think there's a guy tougher at that position when you look at all the hits he takes. At some point, it's going to catch up to him. And, and you want that to be in year three of a four-year deal when he's got a cap number probably north of $50 bucks. I, I don't know. Good point. We'll see what happens. There's just a, a lot of moving parts and a lot has to happen. So that's the quarterback news. In pure Vikings news, they started making their first roster moves and it was expected. Still kind of sucks. Eight-year vet, fan favorite, great player for the Vikings. Eric Kendricks was released. I get it. I understand why, but I like yeah. Eric Kendricks. The business end of the NFL could be so brutal, but it makes sense from a salary cap standpoint. But what are your thoughts on the eight-year career Eric Kendricks spent here? I, I just think he's been one of the all-time better linebackers in Vikings history. Oh, he has. He has to be in the top five, I think. Okay. I mean, you got Studwell and Jeff Seaman. Matt Blair. Chad Greenway. Maybe he's not top five, but he's right around there. He's right there, yeah. He's been solid ever since we took him in, what, the 2015? Yeah. 45th overall pick, our first-round pick. Bunch of huge plays for the Vikings. The pick six against Tennessee to open up that 2016 season. Yeah, I was there at that game. Oh, you were? I sure was. Eric Kendricks is a solid linebacker for the Vikings every year he's been here. And I know he's getting slower, lost a step. Every guy does. But that guy played eight seasons here and only had one season under 100-plus tackles. Yeah. That was his rookie year when he had 92. So that's right around 100. I mean, one of the best we've ever had. You could call him a tackling machine. And I don't understand why people are so down on his game. He made 137 tackles last season. That's not a guy that's scrubbing it up. He was bad in pass coverage. I don't think he moves well laterally anymore he still makes tackles but they're two or three yards farther downfield than from where they used to be sure you're absolutely right there were times when eric kendricks would make a tackle and a guy would go down this year there was more than one time where kendricks would go to make a tackle and i mean he'd make the tackle but he'd kind of get steamrolled making the play he's lost a step he, he has yeah he has let me throw out the career numbers for everybody so they know what's going on real quick eight seasons he made 113 regular season starts in minnesota Six in the postseason, 919 career tackles, 54 for loss, nine interceptions, 15 sacks, 51 passes defense, four forced fumbles, and six recovered fumbles. And there's one thing I want to throw in here that always gets overlooked that nobody ever looks at. 
when I look at players, like one of the first things I look at is how much was he on the field? Kendricks was hardly ever hurt. He played almost full seasons every year. And mm-hmm. that never gets mentioned because it's not a big stat. Eric Kendricks, you have to say, I mean, I think his lowest play game season was 12 or something. He's been solid at not getting injured. I wanted to point that out because that to me is important. And I believe his last touchdown as a Minnesota Viking was that one at the end of the Buffalo game after the Vikings got stopped on fourth and goal inside the one. Yes. Had less than a minute to go. And Josh Allen fumbled the ball inside the one. Kendricks recovered it for a touchdown. Vikings went on to win what turned out to be the NFL game of the year. Exactly. And that's a big memory for us fans. So best of luck to Eric Kendricks. I'm sure he's going to find a, a new team somewhere, but I would argue his home will always be in Minnesota. But life goes on. You may go now. One thing I'm looking forward to with this new defense, with Brian Flores coming in, Brian Asamoa in a Brian Flores defense is something I'm quite frankly excited about. I think he's going to be a great player in that scheme. Skin that smoke wagon and see what happens. And he's ready to take on. I mean, he had that first year to kind of get under his belt. Didn't play much. He had that great fumble recovery against the Giants. We remember that play. But I still remember watching his tape. And when he was chosen by the Vikings, I sat on our show in three years, he's going to be a top four linebacker in this league. And I I mean that he is quick. He tackles well. There's nothing really he does wrong. He just needs experience. But, you know, the times are changing for the Vikings, Ted. We all knew that offseason. We talked with Gates about it. You mentioned it a lot on our live shows. This is it. We're going to start transitioning some youth onto this team and they need it. They do. They need to start moving on from some of these veteran players and, and expect more moves like this in the coming days and weeks. A crucial period is coming up for the Minnesota Vikings right now. And these next few weeks between the start of the new league year and the, and the draft is really going to define this Vikings offseason and how they look going into next year when training camp hits. So we'll see. It's exciting. Exciting time, if, if nothing else. All right, longer. Let's do it. So with that, we now turn our attention to our weekly positional review, one of our key parts of the offseason. And as always, and by always, I mean the last couple of weeks, we have my grandson, Gabriel, to introduce this segment. Gabriel, hit it, buddy. Ladies and gentlemen, it is time for the Vikings Report with Drew and my papa. His initial analysis. Hit it, papa. All right, Gabriel, I'll hit it. That's what she said. All right, welcome back to uh, Vikings Report with Drew and my papa. Hey, Papa, get it, Papa. I love that, man. So, yeah, offensive tackle position. Last week I said I think that out of all the positions, tight end was probably the lowest priority in terms of free agency or the draft for the Vikings. I think that they've got next year's roster pretty much established already. A tackle, I think, is pretty close to that with one kind of big exception, and we'll get to that in a minute. What are your thoughts overall on the Vikings tackles right now today? When I got done with my top 15, we're probably not even going to see one of those guys because the yeah. situation, the Vikings are, they have two of the best tackles in the league bookend on each side. They're really strong there. So they're not going to take one early. There's limited on picks anyway. I don't even know if they're going to take a tackle. Yeah, I don't think they will. When you look at the Vikings roster right now, they got Christian Derrissaw, Brian O'Neill, they got Blake Brandle and Vidarian Lowe. Blake Brandle played in place of Brian O'Neill after he hurt his Achilles. I think it was at the Green Bay game last year. Right. And he played pretty well. I mean, look, I don't think you can expect a backup tackle who's expected to come in and play either left tackle or right tackle on very short notice to play much better than Blake Brandle did last year. He wasn't Brian O'Neill, but 
He wasn't TJ Clemmings either. And we took Vidarian Lowe last year to develop yeah. him up. Mm-hmm. So if you didn't have Vidarian Lowe sitting there, you'd probably have to go draft somebody. But I don't think yeah. they're in a position to have to draft anybody. I don't think so either. The only exception I would make to this, and it could potentially be a big one, is Brian O'Neill's injury rehab. You know, he tore his Achilles. And if you remember, that's what ended Phil Lodeholt's career back in 2016, I think it was. Yeah, but his was registered as being half as devastating as that. He only had a partial tear on the Achilles, I think. Oh, okay. Okay. Hopefully, O'Neill comes back and Bob's your uncle and it's fine. If he's not, then the Vikings may be looking at somebody potentially in free agency or the draft. When I went to free agency, I used the spot rack thing. I just looked at right tackles. I didn't bother with left tackle because I figure they've got Derisaw and then Blake Randall as their backup swing guy. So I looked at somebody as a potential spot or emergency starter at right tackles or anybody that tripped your trigger. So to be clear, you're not high on DJ Dozier or the great Storm Norton. Or wait, how about Mike Remmers? You don't want any of those? Those guys are on the list. He's a peach. <laughs> you don't want Storm Norton back, right? Okay. No, I, I do not. We're not going to get the top guys. Orlando Brown, McGlinchey. No. Imagine McGlinchey here. That'd be great. We're not getting him. We're not getting McGarry. We're not getting Juwan Taylor from the Jacksonville Jags. No. Isaiah Wynn from the Patriots. We're not getting him. We're not getting Kelvin Beecham. I found one guy in there that I think might work. Who would that be? 30-year-old offensive tackle Cameron Fleming. Okay. Swing tackle. And get this. He plays both left and right tackle, but unlike a lot of guys who play like a B, a B-minus game at left tackle, and then they're a D at right tackle, mm-hmm. he's pretty much a B-plus on both sides. Okay. Pretty experienced guy. He's been on a few teams. He had a 70.0 rating both at left tackle and right tackle. Almost identical number. That's one name I'm going to throw out there and see if it happens. I wrote down a couple names. I'm going to go with David Quesenberry and Josh Wells are the two guys Great I wrote down as potential, fairly low cost, one year economical guys that would probably play in place of O'Neill if he were hurt. But if O'Neill's healthy, I don't even think they look at offensive tackle and free agency. Do you? No. Wells, who's the other guy you have? Josh Wells and David Quesenberry. Not to be confused with Dan Quesenberry. The former sinker ball thrower from the Kansas City Royals back in the day. We are right. I was going to hit that in there. Yeah. Not to be confused. I got you. I got you. You, you did. You got me on that one. <laughs> those are some good Royals teams back in the day, man. Oh, dude. George yeah. Brett and those guys. Hal McRae. Oh, man. And then they had that one guy that ended up being in prison for cocaine distribution. Willie Mazeka. That's it. Yeah. He went to prison for cocaine trafficking? I think he did. And if he didn't, oh. sorry, Willie. <laughs> Got you mistaken for somebody else. My bad. So, again, I I don't see the Vikings being big free agency players for that position. Maybe if O'Neal's injury is a long-term thing, they might look into somebody in the draft, and that's where Drew's big board comes in for offensive tackle. Drewster. Roll out that big board, which is what she said. As I'm researching, I'm calling David Stefano and getting his take on some of these guys. That guy has really read into the offensive line really well. Yeah, he is. Pretty good group. The last three drafts, there's not really much to get into detail about. There's an average of 23 offensive tackles taken in the draft. I'm expecting a little more, maybe around 28 this year. But, you know, they go really early, Ted. 
2021, 2022, there's usually about 10 taken in the first two rounds. One of those years, a couple of years ago, there was six taken in the first round. This is probably going to be pretty quick. I got information on everybody on here, but if you look at my draft board, I think they're all going to be gone by round four, maybe five at the latest with the last guy. Even Warren McClendon, your number 15 guy? Yes. When you make these boards, it's Mm -hmm. tough to set them up because what I've done in the past is I've tried to look at where they're going to play in the NFL. I had Vera Tucker, Elijah Vera Tucker, who played tackle for USC. I had him on my guard board. And the same with Dalton Reisner, Kansas State. Mm -hmm. Played tackle for Kansas State, and I put him in my guard board. Everybody went crazy. When my tackle board came out, of course, it didn't have Vera Tucker on it, and everybody's going nuts. Well, I don't see him playing guard. He's not a guard. He's a tackle. Where does he play for the Jets, Ted? Uh, He's guard. Where does Dalton Reisner play? Uh, He'd also be a guard. Right. So in lieu of getting angry people out there, (laughs) I've decided to just put the tackles where they played in college. I'm going with their college position on my tackle board. But there's some guys on here who aren't going to play tackle. Why, Ed Bailey, are you cross with me? (laughs) I couldn't stand it if we were not friends, Ed Bailey. You do that. You have a really good impression, Jeff. (laughs) Sorry. No, that's, that's good. There's some guys on this list that I feel aren't going to play tackle at the next level. And okay. I'll point that out now so we can get on with it. Broderick Jones, Georgia, my number three, Broderick Jones. My boy, Cody Mock, I think he, he can play tackle. He's a ta- good tackle, left tackle. He'll be a C-grade left tackle or an A-plus guard. He will maul people at guard. He's got to play guard. And the other Georgia guy, McClendon, who played the other tackle spot for Georgia. So Georgia had both tackles on my list, but I got Warren McClendon down as a guard at the next level. We're not going to get any of these guys in the top five, I don't think. So tell me why you put Peter Skaronsky over my guy, Paris Johnson. Because Peter Skaronsky is a savage beast. Yeah, he, he is. He's really he's a good player. Best O-line blocker in the draft, bar none. He doesn't do anything wrong. Three-year starter with the Wildcats. Tremendous hands. He chucks people all over the field. He's going to be the first tackle taken off the board. There's no question in my mind. Okay. Paris Johnson is not very far behind him. Paris Johnson played guard in 2021, and then he switched to left tackle. B, pass blocker, and an A, run blocker. And I had uh, Starotsky A++, my first A++ since Quentin Nelson. Really? A++ for pass blocking and A for run blocking. I just think he's a little bit better of a football player, but it's not my butch. What are your thoughts on the Ohio State? Six six three hundred and ten pound monster. I like both Paris Johnson and Dewan Jones. I think you have them ranked right. I mean, Dewan Jones is a bigger kid. He is a massive human being. That's like Phil Lodeholt big, and Phil Lodeholt is the largest human being I have ever seen in person. And Dewan Jones might be bigger than Phil Lodeholt if he's got even half the lateral movement that Lodeholt has, which I think he does. He's going to be a bookend tackle for somebody for for a decade oh no oh no <laughs> i think they're both going to be good players in the nfl really all you got to know about dewan jones is 2022 he didn't allow one sack in 419 pass block plays did he beat michigan no i think michigan's won twice in a row and scored over 40 in both shut up okay i'll be your huckleberry <laughs> <laughs> So that's the take on those top guys. I think there might be five guys taken in the first round this year. Tackle is one of those positions to me in the draft that it feels like there's a run on those guys 
Yes. Fairly early. And guys that are like DeWan Jones and you have Anton Harrison and maybe even a guy like Darnell Wright and Matthew Bergeron. If guys get picked higher than most people think, then there starts to be a run on that position because it's a really important position. And guys like Bergeron end up getting picked late in the first round, late 20s, right. stuff like that. You know, we talked about the lack of Vikings draft picks this year. They've got a first round pick. No way they take a tackle in the first round. Let's say O'Neill's injury is going to be kind of significant. He's going to miss like they think half the year or whatever. And they think, well, look, we can probably get a guy to compete with Blake Brandle in later rounds. Fourth, fifth, whatever. Is there a guy on your list that you think that would be a like from Jalen Duncan on down that could compete with a Blake Brandle and maybe start or win the top backup job while O'Neill still rehabs or or what? I mean, I'd like to have any of those top seven or eight or nine. You're going to say Ryan Hayes. You, you've been throwing a Michigan no, guy. No, you've been not, throwing a no, Michigan what? guy late, late 11, 12, 13, almost every board this year. I don't even have anything on Ryan Hayes. <laughs> <laughs> no, Ted, let me point one guy out that I want everybody to keep an eye on this draft. His name is Blake Freeland from BYU. Okay. And I researched him at the end of the week last week. And then after that, they went to the combine and he tore it up. I got him listed as an A grade pass blocker in a B grade run stopper. That guy has a ton of potential, Blake Freeland. And I think the Vikings definitely have to have a look at that guy. I got an old Dominion guy in there at 13, too. Nick Saldaveri? Yeah. Is, is he with the Gambino crime family? <laughs> <laughs> Was it Capo run in Brooklyn? Yeah. <laughs> Old Dominion pumps out those tackles, Ted. No, Freeland, biggest wingspan you see in his highlights. The guy plays both left and right tackle. Huge motor guy. That's the best thing about him. Plays after the whistle. He's fired up for his teammates. High motor. I mean, he's in his three-point stance kicking his right leg in the air. He wants to go, dude. I have him three to four. If that guy falls any further, man, you got to think about making a move to get him. Another guy I have on Vikings watch is the great. Wanya Morris from Oklahoma, developmental guy, though. He's not going to play this year, probably. And, of course, McClendon, if you really want to guard. I think he's another guy to play tackle and guard. There's a lot of really good players in this whole draft. If the value is right in this draft, take one of these guys. They're going to be better at guard. Okay, so that'll do it for the offensive tackle. Again, live show next week. Our next studio show will cover interior offensive linemen, both centers and guards. And we're going to have a lot to talk about with that group, with the status of Garrett Bradbury. So tune in for that show. We'll take a commercial break. We'll come back and wrap the show up with trivia right after this. Understand, this is nothing personal. It's business. Before we get started, what do you want on your tombstone? Pepperoni and sausage. Joey! Tombstone Pizza. Once you start thinking about new Tombstone Pizza's killer sauce and real Wisconsin cheese, nothing else matters. So what do you want on your tombstone? Mm, this is going to make a big splash. Welcome to Toons' Trivia. How are you guys doing? I'm doing good. Toons' how are you? Good, we're gonna try something different today. Drew, how are you doing? I'm doing okay. I said you guys. What are we doing today, again? This is gonna be a little bit different. We'll see how it goes, see if we like it. So basically, 
this first category here is Minnesota Vikings offensive tackles, obviously like it says, and I'm going to give you four clues. I'm going to start with the first one, and if you get the person on the first one, you get four points. If you don't, we go to the second one. If you get that one, you get three points. If you get the third clue, two points, and so on and so on. We have a total possible 36 out of everything, and there's some picture puzzles at the end. I think I have four categories. <laughs> I can't remember. Jim just likes vodka, Jed. Your hypocrisy knows no bounds. <laughs> 36 possible points, you get 20, and you are considered the winner. All right. Oh, snap! All right, Minnesota Vikings offensive tackles. This could be past or present. Present means now, Ted. Here's your first clue. For four points, attended high school in Agora Hills, California. Isn't that the aforementioned Ron Yeri? It is. That is not the answer. It is not Ron Yeri. Okay. Corey Stringer. No. All right, next clue. Played for the Vikings, Panthers, Bucks, and Rams. Um, Mike Remmers played for the Vikings and Panthers. I'm not sure if he went played for the Bucks too. I think he played for the Bucks. He didn't play for the Rams though, did he? Yeah, I don't know. But I know Remmers played for the Panthers. It's not the other Panthers guy we brought in at the same time, right? No, that that was um Reef. Right? Riley Reef, and he played for Detroit. I'll go with Remmers. That is incorrect. For two points. Another clue, he became a three-time All-Pac-10 and Morris Trophy winner during his college career. Stanford, USC, and it's not Ron Yeri. Well, okay. It's Todd Stussy. It is Todd Stussy. Yep. Good job. Yep. The last clue would have been drafted 19th overall in the 94 draft. Or false starts. Most false starts. Uh, yeah, seriously. <laughs> Two points for that one. All right, next. For four points, born in Chicago, went to high school in Bellflower, California. Ron Yeri. Oh, that is correct. True punning. Guy's a wall. He's the best tackle's ever been here. Good job. You got six points. Okay, next. Born in Corona, California, went to high school in Anaheim, California. No idea. Maybe if we had the eye, the eye. <laughs> Give us the eye. <laughs> We're so dumb. We're so dumb. I don't know. We're going to have to go to the next Yeah, clue. next next question. Next clue. All right. For three points, played with the Vikings, Panthers, and Texans. Texans tackle that also played for the Vikings. I can't think of anybody. All right, let's go to the next clue for two points. He was the first offensive tackle taken in the first round of the draft by the Vikings since Bryant McKinney. Now I feel stupid. First round guy? So who was it between McKinney and Derisaw? Must be somebody they drafted and gave up on. Oh, um, played for USC. Turnstile. Uh... Um, oh, Khalil! Yeah, yes. Matt Khalil. Matt Khalil. Matt Khalil is the correct answer. Good job. Had one a great rookie year. Thought he was going to be the answer for a while. Not for a decade. We don't say a decade for line. Blow that pick right out of your culo. <laughs> All right. Last one in this category. He was born in Hawaii. Went to school, high school in Colorado. The born in Hawaii is the clue. I don't, I don't have a guess. No? Okay. For three points. He played his entire career with the Vikings. David Dixon. That's a guard. He was a guard. I know, but... That is not correct, Drew. Played his entire career with the Vikings. I ain't gonna need the next clue. Yeah, I need one too. All right, for two points. Played at Garden City Community College before transferring to Oklahoma, protecting Sam Bradford. Phil Lodeholt. Yes. Damn it, Ted. We should have got that earlier. Yep. Very good. 
Now this next one, tombstone actors and actresses. So this is the same thing. This is going to be clues about the actor. I think I spelled actresses wrong, didn't I? You did. Whatever. Uh, it looks fine to me. Accountresses. <laughs> okay, so this is going to be clues about the actors or actresses, and you name not their character on Tombstone, but their actual real name. All right, first one for four points. First one, Big Lebowski. Oh, that would be uh, Sam Shepard. Sam Shepard? He played Virgil Earp. Oh, Sam Elliott. Sam Elliott, I'm sorry. Sam yes. Elliott. Sam Elliott. All right, four points for that one. Very good. Next one for four points. They were in a, the movie Nowhere to Run. I've never seen that movie, Ted, so I'm not going to be much help on this. I haven't either. All right. Melrose Place TV series. Oh, Heather Locklear. Wasn't that a soap opera? Sort of, yeah. Sort of, yeah. Um, Probably a dude somewhere, so. Was Billy Zane on Melrose Place? No. Yeah, I don't know. I don't yeah, know. I don't know. Next one? Okay. Yeah. 2019 Twilight Zone episode. I, I haven't even seen any 2019 Twilight Zone episodes. They sucked. They're really terrible. It's, it's a joke to the original. I, I don't know. No? Okay. Last one for one point. 90210. Oh, that Luke guy! Well, no, that Priestley! Yes, Jason Priestley! Jason Priestley! Yes, he got that one. He was that guy at the end when they said hey to him, he said, you killed my friends. That was Jason Priestley, wasn't it? Yes! <laughs> Holy crap, that was Jason Priestley. The guy that got laughed at by the gang but yeah. loved him? Yeah. Woo! At least wow. you got it! Good job. All right, you guys have 15. You only need five more. All right. This person was in the threesome 1984 movie. Oh. Not you, dear. <laughs> <laughs> so bad. Your buddy. I'm your Huckleberry. <laughs> I don't know. I, didn't, I never saw that movie. All right. For three points. Desperate Housewives TV series. Never seen it. I've never seen it either. All right. Two points. She played Patty Hearst. Or played Galena in Patty Hearst. Dana Delaney? Yes! Yes, Ted! I was so far off from that one. That's two more points. You have 17. All right, the last one. Oh, we got to get three at least, Ted. Stripes. That's one of my favorite movies. Stripes. All right, John Candy, Bill Murray. The guy that played Sergeant Hulka. Harold Ramis, the one Hulka. Hulka was in uh, the Wild Bunch, but he wasn't in that. Something David Church or something. Nope. I don't know. No, okay. All right, we're going to go to this. True Lies. Christian Slater. No. No. Next. Titanic. Now I'm completely stumped. That's Billy Zane. It is not. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know either. Terminator. Michael Bean. <laughs> Darn it. That's not correct. He wasn't in Stripes. No, he wasn't in Stripes. He was not in Stripes. Or Titanic. Or True Lies. I don't okay, know. Terminator, Ted. It wasn't <laughs> Linda Evans. What was her name? Linda. Linda Hamilton. Hamilton wasn't her. You guys mentioned him at the beginning of the show. Who was it? I, I'm done. I, I'm, I'm stumped. Who is it? Oh, my God. Wait, just scroll back down. Where was Bill Paxton in Stripes? All right. Next category. Biggest offensive tackle bust in NFL history. Picture puzzle. Robert Museum. Bob picture, Bob portrait, Bob. Oh, Robert. Robert Gallery. Yes. 
<laughs> All right, you got 18. These are worth one point, so you guys need to get at least two more. That guy was a monster at Iowa, yeah, Robert Gallery. It's shocking he was so bad. All right, here's another bust. Gene Brown. Levi Brown. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Levi yes. Brown. Good. And next? Tony Mandarich. Yes! <laughs> From uh, Michigan State. That's right. Good job, Ted. All right, you guys got 20. So for the extra one, who is this last bust? Ken. Something Walker. Ken Walker? Is it Ken Yaw. Kenyon Walker? Kenyon, yeah, Kenyon. Kenyatta Walker. Kenyatta yes! Walker. <laughs> Very good. <laughs> All right. Thanks, Ruby. Appreciate it. Thanks, Jensis. All right. That'll be a wrap for episode 93. Drew, thanks again for, for everything you do for the draft segment and the, the big board. I learn so much every week. Putting Michigan guys low down on your chart to make them Minnesota sleepers. I see you. I know what you're doing. I know what you're doing. I'm on to you, pal. <laughs> I'm your huckleberry. Ruby, thanks so much for the production and making us look not as dumb as we possibly could, which is yeoman's work in and of itself. <laughs> Thanks, everybody, so much for watching and subscribing and commenting and playing along with our silly games and appreciate what we do. We will try to do better the next time you take us on. Ted, thank you. Thank you. Thank you for being the host of this crazy show. I really appreciate the effort you put in, especially those show notes you send me. I'd be even more lost than I already am. We will be live next week, so don't miss our live free agency show with Christopher Gates and all of us. And thank you so much for all the support. And subscribing to the show, be sure to subscribe, like and subscribe, and ring some bell that I don't know anything about. We'll see you next time. We will try to do better. Say goodnight, Ted. Good night, Ted. You tell them I'm coming, and hell's coming with me, you hear? You tell them. <laughs> 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 bop, bop. <laughs>